1: Double check your mic. Hello, hello, hello. Uh. <laughs> we are recording. Hello and welcome to the mouth of my I'm playing my guitar. Yes, you are. I love the guitar. I love you playing guitar. Mm. So yeah, welcome to the mouth of manliness. Welcome to the mouth of manliness. Mouth of manliness. with Nick Noise uh, and Big Bad Brad. I am liking the Big Bad Brad. It almost—it's akin. Have you seen the the Big Lebowski? Yeah. Uh, the Big Bad. It's because. It's that film that I was talking about with uh, like the dude in in uh, the Big Lebowski. Yeah. In this other film, he's called. It, they call him Bad. Right. Uh, and it is because it reminds me of that. I love the Big Lebowski. Uh, it took me a few watches to love it.
0: Something has happened recently. They're making another one, or did the guy die, or something like that? I'm sure I've seen it. Something happened. I
1: don't know. You know they're making Bill and Ted's. Yeah, I do. That's cool as fuck. Funny you say that. Um, Bill and (laughs) Ted's Excellent Adventures. ...was special to me for a number of reasons. For one reason, me and my mate Chris loved it. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the first kind of house parties we went to at school... Uh, the second one would come out, and I had the soundtrack, and we kept playing. There's like a really, really bad, like kind of rap mix. I can like imagine, it. yeah. And it and it starts with I am Burles Preston Esquire. Oh, yeah. I am Ted Fielder Logan. Logan, and I people always said, I look like uh, Ted, yeah, because and I almost played up to that a little bit, yeah. But I I I do think there are some similarities and. Uh, And then the more I kind of learn about Keanu Reeves, the more I think... Yeah, I like that because he's, love he's quite a, a special fella.
0: There's some magical stories like little memes yeah, about yeah, him and right. things he's done. And he owns like a motorbike company as yeah, well. If oh, you watch yeah. on YouTube some of the videos of that and how, like they, how the concepts of the bikes come together and the ethos for just the company. Enthusi-
1: bike enthusiasts.
0: Yeah, literally like he does a video where it's just him and his mate on the road on the bike and yeah. they try and basically just encapsulate that moment. I don't think they even say a lot. And he they kind of like yeah just trying to get the essence of that into building the bikes and the process of it it's fucking beautiful
1: yeah and the bits when he like he'll say you know basically he's a bit of a loner yeah he likes to be alone and i think he's had his issues and he comes across as quite wooden but i think that's because he's kind of like he's, he's his own man yeah And I like that, Mm. and uh, that makes me feel better about myself. I never know
0: what to believe. Apparently, he still gets the tube everywhere as well, which I really like. There's
1: pictures. Noel Gallagher gets the tube everywhere, which I also really like. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, Bill & Ted came out, and uh, it almost made me feel like it was okay to be who I was and be awkward because they're really awkward and they're, they're, they're like Geeky and, and music, obviously music, and they're a bit shit and they're a bit stupid and so it it kind of it it was a a bit where I could settle and at the time uh, when the first one came out, that was when I was going through my massive. Well, that was probably when I I started before that, but I was in the middle of a period of just uh, I I could just lock myself in my bedroom and watch films all day quite happily. I remember watching a lot leave of the house. as a kid.
0: Yeah. I think it's just like that escapism yeah. and being
1: able to just go into that little world for a little while. My I, parents used to come into my room and go, like, you need a hobby. Yeah.
0: Or a girlfriend.
1: It's, yeah. Well, yeah. And it was like, oh, you need to go out. If you're staying in, like, no wonder you're not well. Well, it was never said I was not well. No. I only, I've only just started using that. Uh, But I used to get lost in films. Yeah. And I didn't really read, so I got lost in films. Uh, And then when I got into guitar, I got lost in that, because I could do that on my own. What films? So, uh, this is an interesting one, and I've talked about this in therapy. Please be something, like, amazingly random. I think that... um, I, uh, so I always really like romantic films. Wow. Okay. Uh, like to start with, I was like into like Schwarzenegger films. Yeah. Um, but there was an escapism in that and, uh, and I used to really want to be muscly. So I'd be like them, but obviously I didn't do anything about it. Mm. Uh, and then I found I really liked romantic films, you know, like John Hughes films like, uh, where often the main character wasn't your typical kind of jock.
0: What, like, um you got Mal kind of.
1: No, that's thing. not. I don't know if that's still sort of used. No, I'm thinking earlier, Breakfast Club, okay, uh, yeah. Ferris oh, wow. Bueller. Yeah. Um. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, like, the main protagonist isn't necessarily a typical. Like, it was always American films because it was the 80s. Yeah. Uh, where often, like, the main character isn't really, like, they weren't necessarily a jock. No. So, like, um, Pretty in Pink, really romantic films where, like, the, the bloke who wins in the end... Yeah. ..is normally the underdog. Yeah. So I associated with that. Amazing. So, so I... So I built this... I really built up the idea of being in love. Yeah. I really, really built it up. And then when I finally did kind of get a girlfriend and I was 17, uh, I'd built it up too much and I totally, totally fell for it and went to pieces when it fell apart yeah. and I was a mess for four years. Mm. Um, but so I built up this, uh, uh, so I built a really, really like kind of romantic notion that everything would be all right. or well, maybe then, based on the films you'd see. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. And then life wasn't all, all right. And it didn't all end up all right in the end.
0: So when it ended, did you want to like put her in a melting pot, vat of lava? And is that how you thought? No, I you wanted could... to put me in a melting well, pot. Wow, yeah. Vat, Just stick, I to stick do a little that. thumb hey, yeah. up at
1: the end. Can't watch action films now. No, it's
0: funny. I... No depth. I at the moment am struggling to stay awake um, past seven o'clock. Uh, oh, eight because of like kids and work and everything else. So I've seen the beginning of most excellent films that have come out in maybe the last four years, and not seen the end of them. And this includes like some films, and I've I've been quoted as saying, "The fourteen-year-old version of me would kick my fucking ass if it knew it fell asleep for Star Wars." I th- fell, asleep uh, for Solo, yeah. fell asleep for Solo. Fell asleep for fast and furious films fell asleep for stuff that i've wanted to like i've actually put in out uh, we've got a little joint calendar that i've put in the calendar to say right this, We're is, watch this is coming out then even if we can't afford it can we like rent it or somehow like, i'm really excited about like this weekend spider verse is out on dvd and we like i'm really itching to watch that and I'm actively going to put it on in the afternoon. It's one that Buddy, buddy can watch as well. Because yeah,
1: that does help. You can watch I'm going to
0: end up falling asleep. Yeah, don't, yeah, I don't fall asleep during Basically. the day. But I find the only time I get to watch films now is uh, in the evening. And by the time I've got in from work and we do baths and bed and stories and everything else, it's normally at eight, nine o'clock in the evening. And Fridays we try and put a film on. And Saturday we try and put a film on. Nine times out of ten, I fall asleep watching it and I hate myself for it.
1: I uh I still have this overwhelming need to stay up quite late on Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah, me too. Even though I'm fucking shattered, I've,
0: it goes back to wanting to make it be different from the other make days. It special. So I drink yeah. then, even yeah, though been, drink, I've been I've, drink the, I've been drinking in I've been drinking the week lately anyway. But I try and make a an effort on Fridays to make it a little bit different. I try and play music indoors to try and make it feel a little bit different. I don't know where that comes from. I, I remember Friday's it's just, just being. It's
1: for, you know, work now. Yeah. So we enjoy the weekends.
0: But it doesn't feel the same as what it used to do. It's just like, kind of, like, whether it's harping back to, yeah, like you say, finish work, go down the pub or whatever. Um, and then you try and sort of get that feeling back. I find it easier in the summer. I think summer. it is that. Yeah. I find it easier like I get that sort of summer feeling when you finish work and it's yeah, still yeah. sunny out and stuff but in the winter it's a little bit harder.
1: So so this is a, talking about films this this thought I've had recently um was there was a period in my life when I watched the film Cocktail. Yep. And I watched it Over and over. I mean, there's like years ago, I would, if before I had kids, or if like the kids weren't around, I would watch four or five films in a day. Yeah. Uh, Before I had kids, uh, like on a Friday or Saturday, like quite often I used to work in the kitchen, so I'd end, I'd finish quite late, and I'd watch two films before I go to bed. Amazing. Sometimes three. Yeah. Um, whilst getting really fucking fucked up, I used to sit there and cry my eyes out of the romantic films. Wow. Um, so, but yeah, when I was younger, I used to buy the video, and if yep. I bought the video, and I, I used to when I I used to have a gazette round, and I used to buy get my money, and I'd go to Grays and buy a video, yeah, and then I'd watch that video probably four times over the weekend. Because you invested least. in it, yeah. And then what? Yeah, one film I watched over and over and over again was Cocktail, um. And in some ways, I think I learnt manliness through watching that film. Yeah,
0: mine was Top Gun.
1: Oh yeah, that's very manly. Yeah, Yeah. I felt
0: like I needed a wingman, and and I went for a phase of wearing white shirts, and I had these like little um, pin badges. I went for a phase of having pin badges, and I had like a NASA one and. I think I it was like a German swastika one, but because it looked military, I wore it anyway. <laughs> um, it's probably, That's it. in hindsight, probably the wrong thing to do. But I had them like, on my collar. I had a little like, phase of watching Star Trek, and they had like little dots on their collars. Like, yeah. It was a way of saying they were captain, and it was kind of along those sort of lines. And, yeah. There like, was
1: a period, though, like, when Top Gun came out, when people did wear that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Because Top Gun was pretty fucking big.
0: Well, I remember as a kid, we watched Greece too. I think. And me and my brother straight away were like, well, we want leather jackets now. So I got a leather jacket that looked in the similar sort of style, but... I think we got it from Pitsy Market, and it was on the Saturday, and we watched the film in the week. And in that time, my brother Darren and I watched Last Action Hero Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. in which he wears a brown leather jacket. So oh, my brother yeah. wanted a brown That's one,
1: the ugliest leather jacket.
0: Yeah, well, my brother wanted that leather jacket, so he had the brown one, and I had the black one. So I was a T-bird, and he was, you know, Last Action Hero. It's really weird
1: that influences you. It's crazy. And, like, and I felt like in the eighties, like that was like that was the first period when you could. Like I used to, I was on first name basis with everyone in the video shop around the corner. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even have to say my number or take my car because I was in there. I used to go in there and just look at the look at the covers yeah. when I had nothing else to do. Yeah, we had Adrian's in Whitford.
0: Any little bit of money yeah. I got, I would go down and get videos all the time. We had a video man.
1: Do you ever used to have a video man come around your street? No, I was lucky enough to have a friend who worked with the video man and. Uh, this was a bit, when I was a little bit older, uh, he said he knew a place on like a uh, com- commercial street or something in London and they sold reconditioned videos and I went there and I bought and he got me a video it to pay him back uh, and it was really, really, it was old but it was reconditioned and it had levers. It was
0: really noisy. I used to love those little levers, like the metal leaf feeling of the levers and stuff. Like but
1: that. what I did was uh I figured out how to link that video up with the house video player in the lounge uh, so I could pirate my own films. Amazing. And um, they had a thing in them called Macrovision so that if you tried to copy them, they didn't come out very well. Yeah. And if if they did that, then they weren't legit and these were legit because you couldn't always copy them. Uh, But I, I would copy them and just watch them although they were a bit shit. Wow. But so the bit that I... I um so I used to drink really heavily and over weekend I'll still drink quite heavily. Yeah. And I almost pride myself on how much I can drink. Mm. Uh, and that is the only shred of manliness I feel I've had. <laughs> uh, and then when I started hanging around with Stuart, he does Off the Beat and Track and Hardcore Listing and you know, we've mm-hmm. been friends forever. Um well I think we bonded a lot over booze. Uh, so he introduced me to wine, which I still drink now. Yeah. Um, but I think what had happened through watching Cocktail, there's a, a large bit over it where he's with... Uh, who's the bloke? I think it's Brian Brown. Um, his mentor is telling him about it. Oh, he goes, Coughlin's Law. Um, a woman will is always impressed with a man who can hold his drink. Wow. And that just got ingrained in my brain. Yeah. So, drinking became my being manly. Wow. So, and that's still with me now. So, that's Tom Cruise's fault. No, it's Coghlan's. It's, it's his, his mentor's fault. Right,
0: yeah, of course. But I was going to say, fucking don't get into Scientology and
1: shit. No. But it just goes to show that how much films influenced me in those days. Yeah. Like you said, Star Wars... Like, I don't really like Star Wars anymore. No. Um, I was obsessed with Star Wars when I was a little kid, and I've still got my toys. My son's got them in his room now. Amazing. Um, Because... Another thing my dad did which was quite cool. He said they'll be worth money one day. We'll Brilliant. stick them in the. My loft. My
0: mum's always said that. I've got stuff in my loft that I that are still in the wrapper. My mum always said, "I'll keep that. Oh, pull really? that up to one side, or I'll get two of them or whatever." So I was so lucky in that regard. Or not me, probably, buddy, and the, like the kids will be once my they Star start. My Star
1: Wars toys uh, survived, but they were they were played with. Yeah, um, but then I think I also think is that. Star Wars is quite romantic. Yeah, definitely. Like, over the romantic thing about the good uh, versus evil, the good guys winning, but also the love story. Yeah. I remember like, being in infant school, and they said that um, I always loved to draw, and it was always the thing I got praised for. And uh, we were allowed to draw. They always said you could draw whatever you want um Uh, in the margins around it, so, like, you almost did your own frame. And I remember, like, drawing pictures of Luke and Leia kissing. Wow. And then... So I think my concept of love, because my parents never really seemed to be in love, Mm -hmm. um, came from cheesy American 80s films. Uh, And in many ways... I don't think I have that now. I think I'm much more realistic, uh, and I'm much more kind of genuine about the emotions. Don't you
0: it. still get that feeling though when you walk out of the s- cinema if you've been or you've watched a film and you take them few steps to the toilet or whatever and you've got a little spring in your step, thinking, yeah, I could drive a car like that or yeah, I could probably fly a spaceship like you yeah, that's that, yeah, it, yeah. You'd pay into it completely, didn't you? It's like
1: yeah, I don't, I don't think I get it in the same way now. The films that the films that uh, impact me now. Or either films that are a bit different. You know, like when Tarantino films came out, they looked different. They were different. Uh, and, and they were filmed differently. And they made you and think they were fast. Yeah. Uh, and they were a feast for the senses. And be- Those kind of films blow me away still.
0: When we first started talking about films, Reservoir Dogs was the first one I thought about that I religiously watched over and over again started dressing like I used to always wear a suit and carry a briefcase around and used to get the piss taken out of me. But yeah, that's because of Reservoir Dogs.
1: I used to do that a bit. Um, The first, first... My first experience with Tarantino was actually one... I think he wrote True Romance... Really? Um, and But he didn't film it. Like, he didn't direct it. No. True Romance, for me, is still, like, it's like an ultimate love story. That is... And um, it's very much about them being, like, overly in love.
0: Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis, in it?
1: No, that's True Life. Oh, fuck True yeah. Romance is um, Christian Slater. Oh, and, God, of course it um,
0: is. How can I get that mu- messed up? Uh, not
1: Patricia Arquette. years ago, I could tell you everyone who's in anything. Yeah. Um, Oh, it might be Patricia. It is Patricia. I loved that film. And that was like, Brad Pitt was in it as a stoner. It was like, it was a right mix up and it was exciting. Um, So now if I see a film like that, it will still kind of, it will pique my interest and I'll be pretty blown away. Something that's different. Yeah. But otherwise now the films I like, I like uh, quirky American independent films that are normally love stories.
0: Yeah, they? amazing.
1: Pretty much. You know, like, everyone else will say they're really sappy. Most blokes would deny liking them.
0: Uh, what, like, Juno? I love Juno. Yeah, I love it. Um, What's the one about the people at the fairground? Um, oh, Ventiland. Yeah, I love that. I love that. No, I love Paul. Has that got Paul Rudd in it? No, what's the one with Paul Rudd and he looks after the kid? That got me. That was incredible. I've got to look that up.
1: Um, See, I used to like. I used to sit and get drunk. On, well, I lived in a flat with three other people, and quite often, uh, the Amy, the girl, lived there. She was she was always busy out and about. Always had a boyfriend or something. Was very rarely there. The two other blokes um, did shift work so quite often on a Friday or Saturday night I'd be sitting there on my own um, and prior to that uh, I'd be sitting at home at my parents house on my own watching a film uh, drinking two bottles of wine smoking a load of ganja uh, and crying my eyes out to whatever film I was watching Amazing. I used to cry a lot yeah. I used to cry all the time I, and nowadays I miss crying I can't cry my yeah, you said, me um, you mentioned this the other week. I really miss it though. Sometimes I could really do with it. You know, like... Do you I not know, have the
0: notion to cry though? Yeah,
1: I do. I have the notion to cry, but I can't.
0: Do you have the feelings of crying, but physical tears don't come out?
1: Yeah, pretty much. My I remember God. once talking to a girl I know, Carla, and she's fucking, yeah, she's really cool. And uh, I remember once taking it like, being at school and going oh fucking girls are always crying like just trying to be manly uh, and she went well sometimes it's just nice to cry And I thought huh? yeah and I kind of learned that she's totally right mm. and uh, so I kind of miss the fact that I don't cry do you anymore. know
0: the science behind crying it's releasing um, cortisol I think it is it's actual like st- stress build up Behind the eyes, and the actual release of physically releasing the tears is physically releasing the emotion and the stress.
1: Yeah, it's a it's an act, isn't it? Yeah, I remember um, there was a point. There, actually, there's been a number of points in my life, and I know I've, when I've been really ill, uh, when I when I was constantly welling up, I was constantly biting back tears. Like all the time. I find
0: myself wanting to feeling that a lot. Like, concerts and music and films and...
1: I've done it at concerts.
0: Sometimes when people shout at me, my eyes go straight away. Before uh, my voice does.
1: Um, yeah. I uh, Before I was medicated, if I was at work and someone shouted at me, um, my first impact, my first instinct was to cry. Yeah. And I, I don't do that now. My first instinct is normally to run away. Hmm but I can't, like, I don't. But, um, it, it's quite nice to cry. Like, even like, when people die, I find it really hard to no, cry. No, I, I literally, if I do cry, it'll be really just moments.
0: When I could literally be talking to someone at bus stop about someone dying, and I'll, I'll just crack, I'll crack, I'll go. Straight away, I I like, I kind of like funerals in a weird sort of way. I kind of enjoy the circus of it all and the opportunity to reflect on self and and everything else.
1: And I think I tend to hide away from that (laughs) stuff, but that's probably a problem.
0: That's Mm. probably
1: good. You do that really.
0: I don't know. I can kind of see both sides, really. I don't think it's a problem.
1: What are you saying? What holding in the emotion? It's yeah. Yeah. But it's a problem as a man it's it's not a problem but it could feel like a problem as a man if you're crying because it's like what's the that's like a man doesn't do that. You're allowed to do it if, if someone dies then mm. I think everyone's like, Oh well that's all right. Yeah. You know, he, you know, his his dad died, so that's alright, you're allowed mm. to cry then. But you know, you, you shouldn't be crying at a film for God's sake. Yeah, no, Men don't do, do that. At the all time. Time. Well actually it's really it's really lovely to yeah. do that. I've wanted to it cry
0: probably like every episode of this we've recorded. There's <laughs> been a couple of moments where I thought, Oh man, like that's really really got me.
1: Yeah, when we when we were talking about your dad, it looked like you was gonna go and I'm like, Fucking do it. Yeah. And I, I and to be honest, I, I if anything, like my first instinct is jealousy. No, like, I don't. I don't think. Oh, what a pussy! I think. Oh God, I wish I could cry with him. Wow, that's
0: crazy. Like, I genuinely, like, I can't get my head around that kind of concept. Like, I don't mean it in a bad way, but like, it's just it's fact. Like, as in it? Fascinates me, you know.
1: I think for me though, uh, it just became a problem.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Like it was because you're
0: holding back an emotion, not as consciously, but like an emotion is being held back.
1: No, no, what became a problem for me was the fact I was crying, like, everything was well up. Right. So I'd be at work, and I'd be standing there. Like, I used to be a chef. Uh, Someone's going, where's the fucking, you know, where's the steak? And I'm standing there, and just water running down my face. Right, okay. And I, 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 I couldn't function.
0: Yeah. Did you feel any emotion in that? Like, did you feel like you were being like attacked, or because no, you didn't no, get the no, stake no. out? My
1: brain was like, going over, my brain's going over and over. Going what, like, just
0: about that particular situation, or just in general? Wow.
1: You know, no, your cunt, you should be dead. Your yeah, cunt yeah. you should be dead. Yeah, you're shit at this. Uh, why are you doing that? You're a cunt. Uh, plus, throw on that fucking loads of booze. Yeah, yeah. Like, and pretty much always have it. You know like when you've got a stinking hangover, you're more emotional anyway. Yeah. But I, I was like that every day. Wow. So I was either drunk or I was hungover. Yeah. So I was, when you, you're just always on the edge, aren't you? Yeah. So I was like that all the time. I remember I worked at Costco for a year and I, at that point, I was really poor. I could barely kind of pay rent or anything. And any money I did have, I was spending on booze. And I remember like, uh, and I worked on the tills, and I'd be ringing everyone's stuff through, and I would be fighting back tears for a year wow. just every day. And uh, if it was Christmas, the Christmas songs would be on, they'd be making me wear up. I used to have to go in the toilet and cry my eyes out, and like it just got to a point when I just wasn't functioning. Yeah, you know, I was a mess, absolute mess. Uh, and in some ways um, that was the start of me sorting myself out. Um, yeah, because the body must have mentally. felt like it
0: had to release, to, Yeah, had to cry. It's a natural thing. It's a natural phenomenon. phenomenon. But, uh,
1: we used to get like, so people come through spending ridiculous amounts of money and I had no money that like, I couldn't afford to eat. That like, was really, really thin. I was really skinny because I couldn't afford to eat. Um and yeah, I was absolutely fucked. And uh, so there'd be like the reality that I had no money and I was like on the edge of having nowhere to live and everything. So that was getting me down. Mm. Plus the fact that any money I did have, I would spend on boots. So I'd punish myself for that. And I'd be fucking have a dirty hangover every day.
0: With people wheeling in like multi packs of fucking Fosters
1: and Budweiser under your nose as well. Yeah. Uh, and then, the, then I'd then I'd also um, just seen people were generally happy. Like people were coming in, they're buying stuff, they're happy. There used to be a lot of uh, like you'd see like groups of Asian w- women who like they're quite often they're breathtaking, aren't they? You know, even if they're not like obviously beautiful, like they're. They've just radiated some beauty, uh, and they'd be buying stuff for weddings, and I just felt so desperately lonely. Wow, uh, that I was just a fucking mess. I really was, and because I was a mess, I was late every day. So I was always like, you go in and you're on the back foot. Yeah, so you're always waiting to get a bollocking. Mm-hmm. You always like feel like you owe something. Like, it's fucking awful, and then they go. Like, Nick, go and do the trolleys. And i will be like, not like, for me, all that went through my head is like, oh, this is what I've come to. Because my, fa- like, I remember when I was at college, I got a job at Asda. I pushed trolleys for a bit. And it was like, I'm now, this is 10 years on. And I'm pushing trolleys again. Mm. It weren't the fact that I was pushing trolleys, it was almost like, I've not progressed at all. No. And then my brain's going, told you, told you, should have killed yourself, but you ain't got the bollocks to do that, have you? Oh, it's fucking awful. You know what got me through it? Strokes. Stroking yourself? No, the band. Oh. I didn't even know them at the time, and I didn't even know their full songs, but I knew the rough tunings. And I would hum those tunes to
0: myself.
1: And I my flatmate earned more money than me, so we had Sky, and I'd see snippets of the strokes, and that was their big year. And the strokes got me through. and Stuart who does off the beat and track, bless his heart. he he would he looked out for me a bit at the time. Mm. Uh, so he'd say, like, basically, he was a really good friend to me. But also, I think he liked to have someone to drink with. So he would, like, go, oh, come round and I'll get you a bottle of wine or something. So at least I had something. And then, funnily enough, his wife, Carol, um, she would invite me. She would invite me round on, like, a Saturday nights. So they would come and get me. Her and her sister and her friend Sarah and Jess—they'd come and get me. I'd go round their house. She'd give me a fiver to get, get or sometimes a tenner to get booze. They'd feed me. They'd get me drunk and then take me home again. And I'd sit there in a group of four girls. Firstly, thinking, what are these four girls that are all like, you know, beautiful girls? and Why the fuck are they putting up with me? And they're looking after me. They really looked after they me. They are amazing yeah.
0: over there. Like, I'd sometimes take Buddy over there, and Buddy is constantly going, Can we go around Stu's? Can we go around Uncle Stu's? Because, you know, he gets Kit Kats and ice cream and everything else. And they really look after you, don't they? They're a great, great
1: couple. So, kind of, no matter what happened, I'll always have respect for them for that. Mm. They, they did look after me. They, and, I, and what's really nice is that I knew his wife at school. We, I was friends, we were friends independently.
0: Yeah, because isn't there an amazing picture of Stuart on stage, I think, in school or college. And when yeah, you look yeah, when yeah. you look at the crowd, yeah. there's Carol with her arms folded, yeah. like looking really miserable for some so reason. See, I knew Carol then. Amazing. So I
1: knew Carol when I was like fourteen or fifteen. We used to hang around and walk around this estate. Uh, listening to Guns and Roses.
0: Do you know the story of how they met at the toothbrush? Is on the documentary that yeah. Stu made. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. I'm not. I won't do it justice. So I won't tell it. I'll let him tell you. You need to go and find that documentary on YouTube. The uh, <laughs> the It's The pink toothbrush, toothbrush documentary. Yeah. <laughs> yes, lovely.
1: But they did. They looked after me. Um, and then Stu at the time, like he was always always doing some promotion, so he would get uh, free gig tickets. Mm. So like in the midst of all that and having no not a pot to piss in, um, it would be like, oh, do you want to come and see Nick Cave? He's doing a an intimate gig, and I'd be and I met Nick Cave. Amazing. And it's like fucking hell. And then like we went, he like, I, I can't go, but like maybe get someone else to go, go and see Coldplay when they would just started. Incredible. Or um. We went to see Radiohead. Like wow. We used to go and watch quite a few gigs. He got him for nothing. Yeah. And if he couldn't go, he'd give me the tickets. That's so cool. So we went to see quite a few bands. I've always gone to see a lot of bands. But at that time, I couldn't afford it. But No. but uh, Sometimes he,
0: being immersed in a culture through friends and stuff like that is a, a good way of getting through stuff that you're going through. because Music gets you through stuff. Oh, totally, yeah. It really does. Especially live music.
1: I was thinking... Um, like on my way home today thinking, oh, what are we gonna talk about? And I didn't think we'd fucking struggle for anything to talk about. No. And actually we haven't talked about anything I thought. No,
0: me about. too. I've still got a list in my head. <laughs>
1: yeah, we haven't talked about any of it. Um But uh, but the one thing I was thinking was like I've had yeah, I've had like a really good cool, like we for those who don't know, we record every um two weeks, mm. every other week, uh, on a Thursday night, and then when we do meet, um We normally try and bang out two or three episodes, normally two, because we're both fucking shattered because we've got children. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I'm driving home today, and I'm thinking, you what we're going to talk about. Uh, We kind of have touched on it. One of of the topics I wanted to touch on was, it was Mother's Day and a little bit about mothers. Yes. Um, And then the other thing was, was that, for the last two weeks, I've solidly listened to Northern Soul by The Virth, which is my favourite album of all time. Wow. Um, and even to the point that last Saturday, uh, I'm lucky enough to have to know Nick McCabe, uh, the guitar player, and like he's my all-time favourite guitar player. Uh, and last weekend, I had the kids to myself uh and like we'd gone out and done a few things. We had a really nice day. Uh and we had like I said we'll go home, we'll relax for an hour, and then we'll all go on bike rides. Like you two take your bike, we'll take the dog out. Brilliant. I'm making I'm at the moment I'm making I've realised I need to make more effort with my family.
0: It's really easy to get caught in a little cogwheel of go work. Come home, do a couple of bits,
1: make the dinner,
0: do the bath, fall asleep, next day go work. Months gone by, years gone by. Oh my God, they're like 12 now and I don't know what's gone on.
1: Well, exactly. And I've kind of noticed like we'll we'll do, like we're going to Legoland in a while. I'm like, well, it's saying to myself, well, we're going to fucking Legoland in a while. So, like, surely that means that I can do fuck all really for a good month yeah or kind two of months add it up in your head yeah and then i'm like and you know actually i'm struggling at the moment anyway so that excuses me and i'm like no that's what my dad did yeah no so i'm like no we have to make an effort to do more but like he did sometimes and all it my takes wife unhappy. yeah
0: all it takes is that little like i'll oh, come on we'll go on the bikes or yeah. we'll literally sit on the carpet yeah, and get you don't lego really out need to do no like today buddy's ill he's like got a temperature and Kate was like, oh, like, we need to do something, blah, blah, blah. And I literally, she went up to sleep and I just laid with him for like an hour and a half, maybe two hours. And just having that time of just being still with him and quiet because he's so erratic anyway. Yeah. And Olive was still sort of all over the place. She's like 14 months now, 15 months. So she's literally into kind of everything. And like every so often she'd come up and have a cuddle for like two seconds and then to kind of get back down. But just having that, just being able to... Demonstrate that you can sit in a room together, not say anything, do anything, and just be still. Like it was, it was beautiful. Like I've had like the best afternoon for ages. Like just doing that and being with them. It doesn't always have to be this big thing. That's what I'm saying.
1: See, I kind of, I always probably kid myself is that I do that. So, for example, like I always, and of course, kind of like taking them to school. I always put them to bed. I pretty much always. Like, well, they're getting older, but Jude obviously has got autism, so he's still pretty much like you have to go and, and sort him out in the shower yeah. and all that. And I'm, I always felt like, well, I do that, so that's so, like that, that makes me better than my dad was. Mm. Um But actually, like that's kind of not enough either. And I think, oh, I might sit with him while they're watching a film, but I'm not necessarily engaging with them. I'm like, no. I, I'm probably drawing, but that's because I. I And then I excused myself because I'm like, well, I can't just sit because my brain needs fucking occupying. Yeah. And then I just just kind of realised after my wife going like my daughter saying, oh, daddy's always asleep. And then I was thinking, well, but I'm with them. Mm. No, I'm not. I'm not with them. I'm asleep, clearly. Yeah, not engaged in conversation. I've got to engage with them more. Yeah. so anyway, right, So, so what I did, so I thought, well, well I will have an hour because, uh, like, I bought do some Lego. And my daughter was like, oh, "I'll build it, I'll build it." So then they were like in the kitchen on the table, really getting into it. So I thought, well, I'll, you know, I'm with them all day till late. You know, my wife had been out, went to a show. So, I was like, well, I will take an hour to myself. Um, so I watched uh, the Verve at Hay Hall when they were at the height of their and they did a homecoming gig at Wigan Hay Hall.
0: I love watching live gigs,
1: and I absolutely love it. And um, when it was, and it just took me back. You know, I had so many wonderful memories, um, and it took me back to when it was. I tried to get tickets, couldn't get it, but it was up north. I couldn't really get there, um, so it was live on the radio, and it was some of it was on the TV as well. I've got, I had the video of it. I wore it out. Brilliant. Uh, And I remember being, like, i just joined Lilo, the band I was in with Stuart. Yeah. And, uh, like, there was twins in the band. And they lived, like, there's a turning over the road and they live really close. Wow. Uh, And I only lived just over there anyway. So it was a lovely sunny day and we were around there. And I remember, like, we went up to one of the bedrooms, put the speaker outside, but I taped it. And I listened to it over and over. And I remember just being... um, for some reason, McCabe really comes off good in that. Like the, whoever was producing it must've gone, oh, fucking hell, he's special. So, uh, so his guitar is really high in the mix. Yeah. And he does, he's a psychedelic fucking wizard. Mm. Um, just, and he don't play normal guitar. It's just amazing. Uh, and then, so I was watching it and I, at those points I would have welled up when I was close to it. Um, and, uh, and he's filmed a lot in it, like in the bits that are filmed. So obviously they're like, fucking hell, Yeah, special. And he's a special fucking guitar player and special person. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, so I watched it and I was blown away all over again. I watched like, the rec- I watched one of the recent ones, at Glastonbury. I remember watching that and crying. Yeah. Like when I first saw it. So then I was like, ah, oh, fucking hell, I'm going to message him, And I was just like, oh, I'm okay, but i just watched that again. And like, I don't know, like, I'm just going to be a total fan and just say, uh, totally fucking blown away. That was a masterclass of guitar playing. Love it. And then uh, he kind of replied, like, thank you, hope all's well. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, I like, and I just thought, well, what are you going to say to it? It's yeah. really blowing smoke up your ass and you're like... You know, what What are you going to say? No, I like Thank to think... Enough.
0: Yeah, I like to think inside, like, if that was me, I'd be going, oh, fucking hell, this is amazing. Like, I like, like, you know, the thought of anyone messaging about this podcast is it just... go, oh, I really love it. Yeah, it's just, I'm so, so really excited, genuinely excited. But I think, it's
1: because it's early days for us. Yeah. He's probably had years and years and years of
0: that. I don't know. It would worry me if that wore off, though. I'd be...
1: I don't know. When I've been with him... No, I haven't said any of that. No, you can't, though, can but you? I've got I'm... a few
0: friends that are kind of, you know, oh. up where whatever you consider to be successful. And in the early days, like I, I did gush a couple of times with a few of them, like Slip Matt is his friend Matt Nelson, and yeah, when I first, or not, not the first time, second time I met him, because we were signed to the same record label, and yeah, um that rings a bell. I, uh, I said, oh, like I just got to say, like you know. SL2 and that and Lee was, was like oh no like you know can't really and I was like yeah, I just want to say it because that's how I feel kind of thing. Like, no and no, no, I really appreciate it and he was great about it you know what I mean and then from then on I like, never said fuck all to him but um yeah so I think I
1: <sighs> I don't feel bad for doing it no I and, feel and I just think I felt that and going in line with my new things uh, I, I think that and I'm not ashamed to think yeah. it and I And I actually believe that people should do that kind of stuff more. Totally. And say, you know, that touched me.
0: What I like at the moment is the Ricky Gervais Afterlife series. On Twitter, literally every two or three tweets is about that and people saying i've only just caught up it i know i'm a bit slow on it but it's affected me this way it's affected me this way and rick is a genius and everything else and the reason that i'm seeing it is because rick is retweeting it and answering it looks like he's answering every single one he can but they must his phone must be going fucking mental but he's genuinely taking it and going thank you like you know, I'm really proud of it, and he, you know, he is sharing and retweeting and involved in the whole process of, you know, t- soaking up. I have a lot up. of respect for Rick I friend. love him, so he's a real hero, man. Uh,
1: you know, he used to manage serious problems? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, I've met him a few times. Yeah, amazing. And he uh, is—he's he's no different now to what he was then. Really? If anything, he's more outspoken now. Yeah. Because then, then he just used to like—he laughed. He would just laugh like a drain. Yeah. Like, everything. Yeah. And and then, because he laughed a lot, you felt the need to make him laugh. Yeah. And he wasn't as outspoken, but, like, I don't think he's changed at all. No, that's I, incredible. I watched one of his life things today, and uh, and I've watched a few things recently. Um, Yeah, there was one when they went round his house, and they were like, yeah, you're just who you are. And you're out of who you are. And you watch him do, like, the Golden Globes, and he's, um... yeah, it's no ears and graces. No. I've just got a lot of time for yeah, it. Yeah,
0: that's what I like about it, is that level of normality yeah. on a stage that huge. Like, however many million people watched it, but then instead of going, right, I've got to stick to what they're saying, yeah, I've got a be He's yeah, literally gone, right, I'm saying this, I'm saying that, I'm saying this. And like,
1: it's just so loaded like dick and ass jokes. To
0: be fair, things. that's why he got the gigs because people knew offensive. he was going to kind of the go beard. that way. And it's kind of kind of self perpetuated, but, so, but to be able to be to how he, how he reflects on it. And the way he talks about, um, the Kardashian, mom, dad, mum, um, and to be able to reflect back the way he does and, you can kind of see how he is still humbled about being offered that opportunity to do it. But then to be able to joke about the fact that when he says, Oh, like we had the um, meeting and they sort of read out the names of who is the guest and whatever. And he goes, Oh, Mel Gibson. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've got something on, on him. Like, and he literally just makes a joke of it all. it's beautiful. Like, and to have that insight as well, is great.
1: But what I like is that he does like, you see his comedies and he's just like a bit offensive. Uh, but he does it in such a manner that he kind of takes the offensiveness out of it.
0: Yeah, because he explains the joke.
1: Yeah, and it, it, and like he's kind of laughing at himself as well. Yeah, but then like he will do something like afterlife, and it like that's clearly really heavy. Oh man! So it shows that there's um, there's a lot of depth to him. Totally. And, it, and when you watch Derek, there's. There's a lot of depth to it. I him.
0: thought there was a level with Derek that I was, you know, I cried through a lot of yeah, that. It's really sad. And then you watch Afterlife and it's like, fuck.
1: Like Afterlife it's... was a weird one. Like, my wife was, uh, like, she didn't know if she wanted to watch it.
0: Of course, yeah.
1: Because, like, her having cancer and all, uh, and you know, if you've got cancer, there's, uh, like, every chance you're going to die. Yeah. Like, I, I felt all right about it, but it, 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 it well, yeah. was definitely moments when we
0: I both like... I, I feel like that is a gift that is given to everyone and it's an opportunity for you to pick out what you want of it and it gives you some emotion. You've bought into it because it's him and you think, oh, this would be funny. And it's forcing emotions at you and yeah. it's giving you opportunities to react to emotions. It's giving
1: you an opportunity to feel the emotion Yeah. It. And just and like that emotional. push and pull of it, yeah. and
0: to be allowed to kind of feel like that, yeah. it it's just incredible. But
1: it's empowering in many ways because it um, it being able to laugh in those situations is quite empowering. Like it, when I've worked, I've I've worked with dreadful, you know, some worst event like rapists, paedophiles, that kind of thing, and. Generally, the way you cope about it is like that kind of real gallows humour, and that helps you to deal with it. And uh, so, and that's kind of what he does. But I really, what really kind of struck me with it was he's his response is anger. Mm. So he's really angry and bitter
0: yeah because he says that's kind of his superpower he's lost everything can't lose anything else but he can be angry. so I might as well just be angry at everything and really this is a level playing field now whatever's thrown at me isn't going to be nothing compared to everything else so I, you, you can just say what you want do what you want and I felt like that at
1: times I could associate with it on lots of levels, obviously being in this very similar situation um uh escape like. I've escaped through drug use in the past. So when he, I mean, that's and I'm like, I totally get that. Um,
0: oh yeah. The bit with the guy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But so that, that, that was resonated with me. And the other bit that resonated with me, uh, like the anger. Um, and then, you know, the fact that he's really like, he's staunchly atheist and he's almost against religion. Mm. Um, and, my overall stance is that I'm against religion um, but I also believe that anything helps you get through your life you know like if, if believing in God or you know Allah if that get if that gets you through your life and and you live a good life not a good morally but just generally you're reasonably happy I'm like I find that I can't really say, you know, I think fair enough.
0: Yeah, it should be looked at as a thing that you can pick and choose the bits yeah. that make you I feel good about I mean, I
1: disagree with a lot of elements of it, but I kind of think, well, if that makes you happy, then who am I to say that's not right? Whereas he doesn't. He's very much... it attacks it.
0: Yeah. Um, but it's still, it will still give a balanced argument and his reasons for yeah, it. Yeah, it gives reasons. I'm not totally defending Yeah, no, him, he but... does
1: give reasons. And, it, and I, I actually kind of... Uh, I actively seek to not be angry. Yeah. Um. When my wife had cancer, <clears throat> I became um. Uh, my mother-in-law also got. She was diagnosed with terminal cancer about a month after my wife. And my mother in was very religious, and I think religion got her through it. And I remember her saying it, and she got she got cleared, and she said it was the power of prayer, uh, and that made me angry. And I've learned to let all that go. I really do let anger go, because uh, it's just really toxic. Um, but at the time, I got really angry with God. I just got really angry with God and religion, because it was almost like, For a lot of my life, I've not never been religious, but I until my wife got cancer, about you know a quarter of the way through it, I used up until then throughout my whole life, I was never like an active religious person, but I always prayed, like quietly to myself, Uh, and I always felt like I was always more often than not, I wasn't praying oh, me. It was always I always say, I'll oh, look after something. So, you know, like they're having a the shit time and that kind of thing. And then at that point I was like, fucking help me out, here. Yeah. Uh and then it got it just kept getting worse. And then like Sarah's mum then got it and then Sarah's dad like died. And um at that point I relinquished any belief in any, any higher power. Like, totally, I was like, fuck off then. Fuck you. You're like, why are you not fucking helping me out? And like, I, and now, like, I'm staunch atheist. I, I don't, don't believe in anything like that. I believe in the self. Um, but I really did. I got really angry with God. And um, I, I became really bitter with God. And it took me a good few years to kind of like get over that, really. Yeah, I was really angry. Things like breaking down what God
0: means to people. Like, God could literally be, like, the warm, fuzzy feeling you get inside when you stroke a puppy. Or it could be, like, the cosmos. It could be the universe. For me, it's the universe. Um, it, like, I think the trouble we have is, because we're spoon-fed the white Jesus on the the cross with the thing and God was like a halo thing in the sky or is it a light or is it a man sitting on a big chair up there or, you know, the fact that it's even fed to us with a man. I remember, was it like Alanis Morissette was God in one uh, some film, might have been Dogma or Uh, something uh, like that.
1: Yeah. Kevin Smith. Fucking love Kevin Smith. A a fellow uh, anal sufferer.
0: Really? What? Kevin Smith? (laughs) Yeah. That's mad. I spoke to him a little while back. Cause he, I'm
1: quite a big fan of Kevin Smith.
0: Was it? I think when he had his heart attack thing, I reached out to him and said, "Oh man, I hope you're okay." Did he respond? Yeah, he come back and said, "Oh, thank you." Was that me or was that on the hardcore listing one? But I don't know. Something happened, and then I reached out again and said, "Oh, like, do you fancy coming on the podcast?" But it was around that time that they announced that they were going to do another Jay and Silent Bob movie, and his yeah, social yeah. media's just gone fucking Jay, crazy. Jay and Bob
1: ones were the worst ones, what I thought. Yeah, um, But my favourite Kevin Smith film, and probably one of my favourite films, is Chasing Amy. Uh, and that is just uh, like a love story. Yeah. It's a beautiful love story. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely love that film. But yeah, I got really fucking angry. But I agree with you. I, um, I think uh, people find God in all kinds of things, and it doesn't need to be that because yeah, you saying about
0: like the mother-in-law like that could just be like positive affirmation like praying every day and talking in a positive manner about surviving and getting through what you're getting through
1: yeah there is a school full um and my hypnotherapist and guru Peter would say it- I
0: know, oh, I want to no I want to know
1: what he says all right On a rare occasion, I'll finish what I'm saying. The hour's done, but I'll finish it. Yeah. He said that um, there's something in the physiology, uh, and apparently it's it's scientifically proven, that um, that if uh, almost as though if you say good things to yourself then good things happen.
0: Like a positive thought is more powerful than a negative
1: thought. Yeah. Maybe. So the idea of, uh, if you're saying to yourself, God will help me, um, and you're putting that out there, and you're telling yourself that, um, natural physiology will kind of make that happen.
0: I totally believe that on a so, neurological level. Yeah, he says level. like
1: with illness... Um, if you, uh, you know, if all the time you tell yourself you're sick, you'll get sick. Mm. But if you're sick and you tell yourself you're better, then you'll probably get better.
0: Yeah. I always think what's the worst that can happen?
1: And he says that could apply to something dreadful. Mm. Um, I'm on the fence. Um, and part of that is for me is just that I've, I've, my life suggests that's not true. Yeah. Um,
0: you can only go by your own life experiences, really. Yeah,
1: but um, I found that being open-minded with these things um, tends to lead to better outcomes.
0: Definitely, you, no one can argue with that. Open-mindedness, humbleness, yeah, and being open to anything that's going to work, especially in that sort of situation,
1: tends to lead to better outcomes. And if not, it's got to be worth fucking go, right? Yeah, but then as you say, like I prayed and and it got worse. So the religion debate will rage and rage, and I'm sure we'll Forever. come back to it. And mm. and I'm just really and I, I'm just really conscious that actually, like I I will stick my fucking post in the ground and say I, I am an atheist. Yeah, um, and I believe in the the Alice the Crowley school of thought is that the powers within um and there's a lot of evidence that suggests that's right you know you are the power you are you are god yeah and um and as i've over the past year i'm starting to think that's true mm. um and that god is is not what the church say you are god i
0: think the biggest problem is when we use the word god because of all the loaded connotations yeah. that it's given, You yeah. can just shake that off and then make it
1: whatever you deem it to be. Yeah, um, we're gonna have to finish because yeah, we're breaking our rule. Yeah, but on a last, on my last, la- last thought, I'd like to put across is uh, like reading Russell Brand's books, and people have varied opinions of Russell Brand. I actually think he's great. I love him. Yeah, I, I think he's fantastic. Local boy, and, uh, yeah. He, uh, and I'm pretty sure I went to infant, um, play school with him. Um, uh, and then when he, he kind of... I read his book about uh, addiction and he... The 12 Steps. Yeah. And the 12 Steps... Um, a lot of people struggle with the 12 Step element of uh, giving yourself over to a higher power. Yeah. And what he says is it, you don't. it's not God. No. You're just saying... That the world is bigger than you. Mm. Uh, yeah, it
0: could literally be just planet Earth. Yeah,
1: and actually, you're really tiny and in, is in, insignificant, and that fault in itself, you can either take that as well. I'm shit, or you can go. Well, then I can do anything. Yeah, because if it's that small, then then nothing matters. No. And I think that's quite a nice sentiment.
0: Taking yourself, giving
1: yourself some perspective. Yeah. Like, I'm uh, an insignificant speck. There's a song. But um, (laughs) there's something in there, and there's something quite empowering about that. Anyway. Anyway, we've broken our rules. I don't intend to do it again. Worth it, though. That's Um, fucking great. (laughs) But, yeah, interesting concepts. Well, I hope uh, this stuff uh, resonates with people. And... um, I don't know. I think we should all look after each other and let's all be nice to one another because it makes the world a better place. Definitely. Take care, everyone.
0: Love you. Bye.